Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, what's up, everybody? I want to welcome you to another episode of The Real Deal with James. Uh, Today is really exciting. We have a brother here who has done so much to inspire the world. Um, You know, obviously with this podcast, I I aim and push to bring on people who not only do I feel like they have inspired me and my career and my journey and just the things that I do, but also people who are doing something for the world, whether, you know, that's for the hip hop community, uh, whether that's for the kids, um, just for other people to see and to be able to see that we can get out here and follow our dreams and follow our passion and do the things that we love and really inspire and encourage and motivate somebody else. So a lot of these people or pretty much everybody that I have on has done that for me in some way, shape or form. So it's exciting to welcome Mr. Marcus Boyd in today. Uh, he's inspired so many people, uh, you know, when you think of um, being on the autism spectrum, um, when you look at being in this entertainment industry and the things that you've done in the DJ world and just music in general, man, you've inspired so many people. So like, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I know we were supposed to connect maybe a week or two ago. Um, And I, and I'll, I'll be honest. I I had so many episodes and and that's kind of the thing, um, you know, with me and my brand right now, like I've been building this brand for 20 years and it seemed like January 1st this year, like the floodgates opened. And it's just like opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after interview after interview after interview. And I know that when you and I were scheduled, I think I had done maybe four or five. So then I was like, okay, I got, I think I got a day, kind of a day break in here. And I Uber. So I was actually out Ubering and Lynn texted me and she said, hey, he's on the line. And I'm like, oh shit I guess that was the day I'm like oh fuck I'm like let me see if we can reschedule but um I'm immensely grateful to you you know obviously not only for doing the podcast but for rescheduling with me because I, I think it's essential that we have somebody like you on here to really show people that they too can get out here and follow their dreams follow their passion and make a living and you know do something you know special for other people so thank you well, again, I'm honored, you know what I mean? So when Miss Lynn reached out to me and my team, it was a no-brainer. Again, I've been following you for years. So. And I, I appreciate knowing that because, that, like, to hear somebody say that, it's like, wow, like somebody is kind of another one of them, I, I guess as Oprah would call it, like the aha moments where you're like, wow, somebody really is looking or listening or paying attention or seeing what I'm doing. And honestly, that's how I've been feeling really for the last two months. It's it's almost just that feeling of like, I'm actually doing something right. Like I think for years, I've always second guessed and questioned myself. Like, am I doing the right thing? Um, I had a corporate job. I made probably 75,000 a year. And I walked away from it to follow the passion. And I mean, I've gone through bankruptcy, um, I, I've been, I'm divorced now. Um, and I'm not even, I would be lying if I said that like following the passion did not affect, a, you know, that, that, that didn't have any, anything to do with, you know, some of the issues that I've had going on. 
it's one of those things where I still kept going with it because I'm like, like, this is like in my gut, like it's in my heart. Like, this is what I really want to do. And I got to work. So I feel like this year, like it's finally coming together, especially being able to connect with somebody like you. And then to hear that you have actually been following me. Like, I appreciate that. And I can only be grateful and thankful, you know, to you. Listen, we all go through stuff, you know, fame, fame doesn't have a handbook. Oh yeah. And, 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 and destination doesn't have a GPS signal. So, (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, you know, God always gives his toughest, his strongest, the most test. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, lesson and shout out to Miss Coco Lynn and oh, yeah. the oh, Brain yeah. team and everything that they're doing over there and everything they're doing for you and your brand. Um, you, you, you have a past that I think when anybody looks at it, you know, the the first thing that the first thing that comes to mind is really is just as simple as wow like to to have been you know in the foster care system um like like that in itself like i i my hats go off to anybody that you know lives through that and you know has to deal with that and you know is able to come out on the other end and be successful and really do something and really build their lives and um it's not even just with you being in the foster care system but also you know, obviously with you having autism and not speaking until you were in your teenage years. Um, how do you maneuver through life even as a child? And I, I guess it, you know, it, it wouldn't necessarily be on your mind because you may think that everything that this is how it is or or everything is normal, but as you get older and everybody's talking and um uh, like how do you maneuver through your childhood years up until the age of thirteen, um, not really speaking? Well, I mean, at that at that point, those stages, I mean, I got in foster care when I was four and a half, five years old. Okay. So, you know, in those stages, I was going from home to home. I was dealing with a massive amount of abuse. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, I was just in my room or I was by myself or, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like that. And then you're talking about late 80s, early 90s. They wouldn't have groups. They didn't have pamphlets or brochures about how to deal with a nonverbal autistic kid. Come on, I come from the projects. I was raised between Atlanta and Brooklyn. And you understand the, what I'm saying? And the truth <laughs> is, like, even if they have pamphlets or, or you know, documentation on that stuff now, you can't go buy a pamphlet or anything. Like, everybody's different and every situation is different. And what what happens for one person may be totally different and on the complete opposite end for for the next person. Um but but yeah, I get I get what you're saying though. I mean being from the projects and you know uh, my grandma, you know, had my mother's children and you know it was church or belt. That's what it was. Yeah, it was yeah. Church or belt. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you know I come from the Baptist side of things where you pray out everything and everything every action is a demon. So I mean with me having emotional behaviors, my grandma thought that was demon fire. If my hair was too long, it was it was a demon. Right. Like like everything with my penny loafers wasn't shiny enough. It was a demon. I, yeah. mean, <laughs> I mean everything was a demon. Yeah. You know I mean, so it was either she went the, the church route because she didn't understand why I didn't talk. She didn't understand why I have was using the bathroom on myself. 
She didn't understand why I was having emotional problems. She didn't understand, you know, the stuff that I was going through because I couldn't verbalize it. She didn't understand there was more ways of communicating to right. me. But she didn't understand those things. You know, she right. come from super old school. So Yeah, and at that time, church church was it. Church was the answer. Church was church was the answer. And then, you know, when I, I got aunts and stuff that lives in Cleveland, I mean, you know, my family, they own boy funeral home. You know what, oh, what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, we go East St. Clair, you know what I'm saying? We go back. like, And it's funny you say that now, too, because obviously with Boyd Funeral Home, like, my mom is really good friends with Marcella. Okay. Yeah, my mom is really, because I, I think I think she and Marcella may have gone to school together. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Well, see, it's a small world. You never know who you're interviewing. This, it's not only an, I don't even consider this an interview. This is more like a fan reunion. <laughs> well, you know what? The the cool thing about me and my brand, and you know the the I guess the quote unquote interviews that I do, I don't even consider any of them interviews. Maybe, maybe in the very beginning, like twenty years ago, they were. But for me, it's just conversations because, like I, I, I like to consider myself. I guess human and, you know, and that's the thing is I try to bring out the human aspect of everybody and, you know, be able to kind of show where we're similar and how, how we, we, you know, we, we go through a lot of the same things. I mean, whether it's kids or paying bills or, you know, any of this stuff, like a lot of these people that you think have all this money. Yeah. They might make a lot more than me, but at the end of the day, they got a lot more bills too. So they try to put their kids through school and they trying to pay light gas, water, phone, rent, like all of that same stuff. So it, it's really not very much different for anybody else. And I, and I realized that obviously with you and myself as well, that, um, you know, we're out here fighting for a lot of the same things. So I get it, man. But I, none, of, none of these are quote unquote interviews for me. Like it's all conversations um, because that's the other thing too, is I like to be able to build the relationships with, you know, the people that I talk to, the people that, I have these conversations with so that then, you know, obviously we can reach out to each other and talk about whatever it is. And it's not necessarily just about us promoting work and that sort of thing. Like, you know, we got lives and a lot of times we need to be able to talk to people and open up to people and kind of have that support system and whatnot. And people don't really get that on the media side. Like they get people that are fake and they're, they're really doing it for a job and to make some money and to get the views and that sort of thing. But None of that is, none of that has ever. It's be, for me, it's beyond viewership. Yeah. For me, it's beyond like, you know, I come from the same place, interviewing people, yeah. talking to them, stuff of that nature. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So to me, yeah, it's. I it's, help somebody. Like, I, and I want people that's looking behind me, like, especially, and, and I'm actually launching the nonprofit that I'm working on this year. But my thing is for like kids coming up like especially in you know our communities and whatnot that want to do media and want to do journalism like they need to be able to see that not only can they do it but they could do it from right here like I, I ain't been nowhere else I stayed in Georgia for a year um not even a year and I was in Columbus so I wasn't even all the way in Atlanta um but I mean pretty much everything I've done from 2001 up until now has been right here in Cleveland so uh, you know, that's been a lot of my thing is to be able to show people and show kids that they can do it if they want to do it. And you can build your own and you don't have to wait for somebody else to give you the opportunity 
to do it. Like create your own opportunity and show these people that you are, that you, you know, are the real deal. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, um, yeah, to answer your question, me being, being nonverbal was really hard back then because again, I'm from the projects. So, you know what I mean? Like you're going to get bullied. I got bullied and stuff. I got 10 brothers, nine sisters. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, nobody was talking about autism back then. It wasn't, right. it was just yeah. like, you was getting it prayed out or beat out. Exactly. One of the, one of the two. Exactly. And like you said, you know, them not talking about autism, I think just in terms of issues that kids are having and they label it these days, like a lot of that stuff didn't have labels for it. Um, I mean, I, I look at my son and um, even in, in terms of like, you know, being on the spectrum and whatnot, um, I, was ex- I was exactly the same way that he is. And it wasn't labeled. And I ain't have nothing to go with it. It was just get your shit together or I'm going to beat your ass or, you know, a belt and, and, and that sort of thing. And that pretty much was it. And you just knew to kind of get it together. Um, whereas everything has a label on it now. Um, and I get it. But, um, yeah, we, we didn't have that or, or we didn't have it back then like it is today, though. I mean, when I got professionally diagnosed, it was April 12, 1993. by okay. Dr. King, Clifton Springs Mental Health Center. I was 10 years old when they said that I had classic autism, severity autism. And then my grandma didn't believe his diagnosis. So she went from New York to Atlanta and that, like 11 to 12 different doctors saying, telling her basically the same thing. Yeah. Like he'll never feed itself. He'll never get education. If it get edu- education, it'd be very small. He will always have to have a caregiver. He will always have somebody to clothe him, bathe him, feed him. And that's where you're that nature. But that's where your faith comes in that too, because like God will work miracles, like really, really work miracles. And then, and people will tell you what you can't do. But at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, what God is going to, you know, make happen for you. So I, I think that you're definitely a testament to that though. I mean, I, I tell people I was speaking at a tw- two year olds level, 13, 13 and a half. I didn't start speaking like this. I was almost 18. Yeah. Now today I'm, 39. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, with a degree in mass communication and journalism, I went to Ashford University online. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Me and my sisters helped get that degree. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it may have took five years, but I got it. Listen, it, it don't matter how long it took, man. I started school. I went to the University of Akron in 95. Um, I got kicked out of there twice. And I didn't graduate from Cleveland State until 2010. So it don't matter how long it took you, man. As, as long as you got it, like all, as long as you got it, that's all that matter. You got the piece of paper and you you have the proof to be able to show that you did the work. That's all that really matters, man. And I, I think that's amazing, um, you know, what you've been able to accomplish. Like what got you to the point where you you were able to finally start speaking and, you know, communicating and well, my grandma at the time, my sisters, we tried everything. Hooked on phonics, Muzzy, the big white Bible. Yeah. I mean, Curious George. I mean, listen, yellow sticky notes. You know, I mean, like we don't try everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, they used to put big old words on my bed. And whether I stuttered or not, I had to say it every single day. Now, mind you, I had a state issued um 
you know, speech therapist. Okay. But they didn't care. My grandma didn't care. You know what I'm saying? Again, she come from the Baptist church. So everything was God first with her. Uh-huh. So, you know, the big white Bible was evidence. You're going to have to read this. I don't care if you stutter, slob, whatever you do. Right. You're going you're gonna, you're gonna to read this right. every day, every mm-hmm. single, every day. Yeah. Because she believed that what they were saying, just because the left side of my brain didn't function correctly, she didn't, she didn't believe that. So, you know, when she died when I was 24. Okay. When she said, don't let your disability make room at anybody else's dinner table. That was so powerful to me because that was the last word she said before she died. And say that, so, say that again. What, what, what was it that she said? Don't let your disability make room at anybody else's dinner table. Right. And, and, and that's so true. And, I, you know, that, that holds true even today. Like even even today, with anything that we have going on, like don't let those issues make room at somebody else's dinner table. Um, and and like I said, even going back to those doctors saying, you know, what you could accomplish and what you couldn't accomplish and what you would need for the rest of your life, like nobody knows, man. They don't they don't know how much strength you have, you know, within you, and you know how much fire. And again, that the the level of tenacity that you've had, like a lot of times, you have to want you know, to succeed and really get through these things. And that's not, you know, putting aside like clinical diagnoses or anything like that. But I think it's just to say that nobody knows what's going to happen for you. Like, you know, a lot of times God determines that you determine that. And it, and it depends on how hard you want to work. And we see it all the time where, you know, they say people will be a vegetable or, you know, they're never going to walk again or that sort of thing. And then you see these miracles and whatnot. So I think that's amazing. Um, how how did that affect you at 24, like when your grandmother passed? Like, I would imagine that that, that had to have, like, a really, really hardcore effect on you, you know, given all of that. Uh, it, I was done. I, I was done. Yeah. I was done. I didn't care. Lock me up. Put me in right street. I mean, I was done. I mean, there was no, there was no, I mean, I had my sisters, but she was the voice of the family. So there was no more voice. So if there's no more voice, you're going to listen to the first thing that you hear. And the first thing I heard at the time was some street guys. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it was no voice of reason. Right. It was all in. Now, because I, I can imagine how, like, something like that would kind of, like, steer, like, kind of start to steer you down the wrong path and whatnot. Like, what was it that kind of kept you motivated and focused and moving forward, like even in the midst of you feeling defeated and, you know, diminished by her death and whatnot, what kept you focused and away from like the drugs and alcohol and just all the things that you could obviously get involved with? Um, It's like, it may sound crazy, but I heard her, like people hear conversations. You understand know what I'm saying? I think it sounds so, at all. <laughs> it may sound crazy. But I mean, it don't because I, I did. I heard my 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 grandmother, my mom's mother. She passed <laughs> in ninety one, I believe it was. And you know, a lot of times in my mind, I still hear her. Um, I still hear her. I still dream about her. Um, I dream about my grandfather. He passed in ninety one. Um, you know, a lot of times those people, you know, that that really have that strong impact on your life you know, even when they pass, it's like their, their spirit is still around. 
and you still hear their voices and whatnot and the things that you know they told you and instilled in you and whatnot so that that's not crazy to me like one bit like at all that don't sound crazy to me at all and i and i feel like for the average person out there that's watching this that's that's not crazy for them either but i i wouldn't think that it was um i, I think it makes perfect sense i mean it too you know, I got in music heavy when I was 15. So by the time I was 24, you know, tours was going on and yeah. and, and 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 opportunities. You know, I'm in Atlanta at that time. You, you understand what I'm saying? So <laughs> around that time, music and everything was opening. Yeah. Gates, I mean, you could just walk in somewhere by mistake. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like, and and that's like, how did you actually get into music and DJing and like, you know, doing the work that you were doing with? so many powerful artists like there's so many people you know from mob deep to uh raekwon to like like you've worked with some amazing amazing people um like you you like so many people i mean you figured the Lil wayne's and the mary j blige's which in, in my mind I, I feel like at some point i will work with her at, at one of these days I, I don't know how the hell it's gonna happen uh but it's, it's, just see that pr up just hit yeah. a PR up. Make yeah. sure you got a good business plan. Yeah, and that's probably about five thousand dollars saved up. But yeah, it can happen. I mean, but I just and and you know what it is like. Even just even with her, I gravitate to those people that I know have like worked their asses off to get where they are and going through just like the everyday struggles. And I mean, when you look at the divorce and like I went and did. Uh, I go out and cover a lot of like the award shows and the red carpets and I do Essence Fest and whatnot. And I remember going out to going out to Essence Fest and just all of the stuff that she was going through at that time. But she came out and she kicked it and like she worked and did everything that she was supposed to do. And you didn't see none of that on her face at all. But it's just like to know that people going through these things and whatnot, like that's that's amazing to me, man. I definitely like I, I gravitate to people like that. So um I mean definitely her. Um and I'm doing Essence Fest this year. So I know that she'll be there and um I just saw New Edition uh Friday. Um because they were here in Cleveland and then uh Casey and Jojo are my cousins actually, so they were on that show as well. So I mean of course I got to see them perform. And They're your uh, family? Yeah. Um, Casey Jones. So Casey your Jones family is from Casey. Bath County. Yeah. The, well, they're um, they're in North Carolina, and then there's a lot of Barinos also in Canton. So um, a lot of them are down there in Akron and Canton, uh, Waynesburg, and uh, those areas. But they were here. Well, my grandfather is from Bath County. Okay. His, parents, his brothers, his sisters, and everything else is from Bath County. So okay. that's where. Casey and JoJo's family is originated from in yeah. Bath County, North Carolina. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so this is a super small city. So yeah. basically everybody's related. Pretty much. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's six degrees of separation, man. I think a lot of us are related. So and you we, might be related to me on my mama's side because you related to Casey and JoJo. Listen, it's all... You might be related to me on my mama's side. Like, you said that she's related to them or... She's related to them because my her grandfather, which is my great grandfather, is from Bath County. All his family is from Bath County. That's a that's amazing, man. So I, they the Moors, they the Moors out there. 
I'm gonna actually I'm I'm gonna start tracing that because I I actually I did the family tree. So um I'm gonna actually tree Bab County. Any more that you see in Bab County, I'm related to. Any last one on? That's amazing, man. So what is that on mom's side then or my mom's side? I mean, my I, mom's side. Where's them? That's that's on their mom's side or Yeah, that's on their mom's side. Okay, and see I'm related through their dad's side. But um but man, that's that's amazing though, man. And it's I think that speaks to what I said though. A lot a lot of us out here are related and have no clue. <laughs> You're right. Because I'm like, hold on, Bam County. Like, I know. Yes. <laughs> and I'm Little I, Washington. Like, I know. My grandma stayed in Little Washington. Yeah. Um Man, but I, I I think that that's I think everything is definitely amazing. So like you've worked with so many of these people, man, people that I follow. Like, how did you get to that point in music where you were like able to pick up on some of these artists and really start working with them? And well, I was an intern at Daddy House Studio, so anybody knows Daddy House. So yeah. that's how um, Mary J. Blige came to play. That's how you know the Mob Deeps came to play. That's how. I mean, because I was interning, I was using Windex and wiping off windows and yeah. dusting, dusting stereo. I mean, studio equipment, yeah. and stuff like that. I, yeah. was, I mean, you know, I mean, anybody knows Daddy House Studios. I'm not saying nothing about you know the owner. I'm gonna leave his name out of it. You understand what I'm saying? But um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's no it's, disrespect it's, to him. It's funny you say that, and it makes me laugh because. I'm going to tell you the reason why I laugh, you know, obviously because all of the stuff is going around right now, as far as, you know, some of the groups that, you know, he, he extended the opportunities to, and, you know, just the, you know, obviously the stuff that they did on TV to, to get the opportunity and whatnot. And I think that I look at, I look at a lot of those situations probably different than maybe the average person does or whatever. So I don't look at it you know, in any way, like, okay, he's trying to take advantage of them or he's trying to embarrass them on TV. He did the same thing to us. He I did just, the same. I, listen, listen, this is before the ban. He yeah. did the same thing to us. So, yeah. like, like, don't don't get it twisted. I'm, again, I'm not saying nothing about their situation. Yeah. But all I'm saying is every Friday we got cash. So I don't know right. what their yeah. contractual yeah. situation was. But he made us look like idiots too. So this this is before he was doing that. Yeah, and I just think that I think that there was a bit, you know, obviously there was a bigger goal and a bigger purpose, and you know, having you guys do the stuff that you that you probably were told to do or that you were made to do and whatnot. And once you receive these opportunities and whatnot, then it's all on you. Like you kind of have that onus to you know, to make good on these and to turn these into some other things and whatnot. Like you can't, you can't expect somebody else to, you know, make everything happen for you. Uh, you know, essentially is what I'm saying. And I feel like a lot of people. And that's what he was like. Yeah. He was like, look, these people going to be in the room, but I'm not going to pull you in. I'm not going to hold your hand and say, Hey, right. you need to talk to him. Right. Or Hey, right. You need to work with him. Right. If they, you see them in the room, and if you don't walk in, and if you don't handle your business, then that's your business. Exactly. That's how he was. Exactly. And I and and to me, that's how that's how most people are. So you know, that's that's just the way that you have to look at it and whatnot. But 
That's that's why I laugh though. It, it it just made me laugh when you said he said no put nobody's name in this. But no, nah, I get it, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, those opportunities was given. And yeah, those people liked the music that I had at the time. Uh-huh. So it was like a no-brainer. And again, they didn't know if I had autism or bipolar. So they didn't they didn't care what I had, as long right. as the music was good. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's really what it comes down to is at the end of the day, it, it really matters about your work ethic and what you putting together and again how you present yourself. Um and you know how 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 you present yourself to these people and whatnot. So I think that you've done really amazing just at building your brand as a whole. Like what what are the things that you're working on now? Um, you know, in, in this current year and you know, obviously after the pandemic and all of that. Um, an autobiography book. Um, we all working on autism, the American family story. It's a four part docu series. It will be coming out next year. We all working on, you know, the boy with no voice, the TV series. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff, new music, um, about to drop a new beat tape. Okay. Um, now you just dropped, you just dropped the beat tape though, right? No, I just no, I just dropped a uh, gospel rap single. Okay. Yeah, because okay, so. I'm a gospel rapper and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, I mean it's that, pretty much. But I think that's dope, man. I, and it's funny. I was just talking to somebody yesterday because you know, years ago, people would say that you know you can be a master at one thing, and then obviously you can do a number of things, but you got to pick one thing that you know that you want to master. And I just think that it's a different day, it's a different time, and we can do whatever it is that we put our minds to. And I think it's good that, you know, you're, you're in a lot of different directions and you have, you know, you, you have your hand in a number of baskets and whatnot. Um, I think that's great, you know, to, to be producing and obviously writing and you have the series, you said the uh, television show, the boy with no voice. Yeah. That's what we're working on. Cause we just did the short film. Okay. So the short film is in major film festivals. We just won two international film awards for it. And, and it's about a story about me coming up with autism. It's only 20 minutes, but, you know, it's, but that's it's good. a little that's, bit of my story. Yeah, as a short story, that's that's good enough, man. That's good enough for people to really see your vision and, see, you know, see what it is that you have out there. Like, what does that feel like to be, you know, in those arenas that you're in now and, you know, accomplishing so many things, given your journey and all the things that you've worked through? Well, I can't take credit. You know, I got to give it to God first. Yeah. And, you know, Tina Bridges, award-winning, award-winning film director, um, TLA, TLA Productions, TLB Productions, um, her cast and stuff like that in Atlanta, they took this their time and they really dug in. They really did their homework and research and stuff of that nature to order to pull this short film off. My, You know, one of my PRs, Kathy Taylor, tell all Inc., I mean, it's a, it's a team situation. It's not just me doing this. You understand what I'm saying? It's a team situation. So my family, you know, is a, is a, is a, I, and I, I just feel like, you know, my voice is finally being heard and I'm not done because I got to continue going to the NAACP meetings, the festivals, the school boards, the, you know, the event halls, the, 
you know, wherever, every place that I go to, to fight and to give back for autism, to help change laws, to help change programs, to help change therapy programs and stuff of that nature. So future kids and current kids and current adults can have a better opportunity while they're dealing with autism. I think that's amazing, man. Like, and, and what you said, just to, to, to feel like, to feel like you're being heard. That's an amazing feeling, man. Like that's that's an amazing feeling, and I I can speak firmly on that because like it feels amazing right now just to to feel like I'm finally being heard, and like all the time that I've wanted to do a podcast, and here I am like actually now doing it, um, is it's amazing, man, and just to you know again to connect with people like yourself, like that that's all I wanted to do. Like I wanted to you, you know everybody's doing a podcast now. And everybody's got all this different stuff out there. So, like, I just felt like I really wanted to make a difference with what I was doing and, you know, really be doing something. And, you know, I think a big part of my goal with doing this podcast was to be able to say thank you to people. I don't think we say thank you enough. Like, you know, you've had your situations and, you know, the, the stuff that you did with Daddy's House and just the stuff that you've done all throughout the industry and around the world. And everybody gets those opportunities and a lot of times they don't say thank you. Like there, there's a, there's a certain level of entitlement that so many people have and they feel like it's owed to them or like they're entitled to that or whatever. But you got to tell people, thank you, man. Like you, you have to like uh, me getting into radio. um, Every chance I get, I say, whether I send a tweet or whatever, I'm saying thank you to Russ Parr. Because me getting into radio here in Cleveland came from me sending him an email. He didn't know me from a hole in the wall. Um, the, the fact that he responded to me and he made good on what he said he was going to do. And I talked to him on a Saturday morning. And by that Monday, I was hired into the radio station um, based on him making a phone call. Um, and again, he didn't know me from a hole in the wall and he still don't know. me. But every chance I get, I'm like, thank you like for that opportunity, because who knows where I would have been or if I would have ever gotten in. I have been trying to get in for three years. So who who knows if it ever would have happened had I not sent that email, but then also had he not made good on what he said he was going to do. So, um, you know, some things are God divine. Some things are God driven. And, yeah. you know, I tell people all the time, if, if I ever graced your path, if you ever graced mine, if God ever told you just to say, hello, Marcus, Whatever God told you to do with me, thank you. And I'm grateful and I'm honored because you ain't had to do nothing. Right. You know, I mean, I could have just used my autism and be like, I have autism. I can't read. I can't write. I, or whatever. I'm in special education. I have IEPs or whatever. Yeah. And use that as a crutch instead of using it as I'm going to go get what I need to go get. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, I come from the hood. I come from roaches and rats. So I already seen what I already got in front of me. So whatever right. that's, that's whatever that's, I can't see, it got to be better than what I see that's in front of me. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, what do you feel like, you know, moving forward, what do you feel like your goal is? Like, what do you want? How do you feel like you want to reach people moving forward? Um, of course, we about to do the Autism Music Fest, the three-day music festival. But the special needs community is going to be something that nobody has never seen before. Right. I mean, 
we, we're going to do a reality series. I'm touching everything, a cartoon. I'm touching everything I can touch dealing with autism and to change the way that people see and deal with it and, if, and, if, and come to embrace it. I mean, the clothing line, the shoe line. You know what I'm saying? Everything that I'm involved with or everything that I'm doing is strictly to change the face and how people embrace autism. And in in years from now, I hope that we have better laws and I hope that we have better acceptance and inclusion for autism families and individuals. I mean, that's just what it's about for me. Right. You got to keep me posted on all of this stuff that's going to be going on. The festival... um... Like, I want to make sure I come out and, like, truly support, like, all of this stuff that you have going on. It don't matter about traveling or, like, wherever I got to go, especially if it's in Atlanta. Like, I, I I absolutely love Atlanta, man. Like, I like keeping it all the way real, I'm, I want to get, like, a secondary, like, like an apartment or something there. Um, like, I, I love the Atlanta area. Um, I want to come there, but then I also want to keep what I got here, though. Um, I, I'm trying to Smart. work that, man. So, I'm... I'm looking at doing that honestly in the next two years, but it, if it's about coming down there, man, I'm there. <laughs> so keep me posted on anything that I can really come out and support and, you know, bring people with me to support and really get your message out there. Like, I think it's really amazing. Um, well, I think we should do something in Cleveland. Oh, for sure. Um, man. For sure. I mean, that, that will be monumental. I mean, again, I started in Cleveland. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and just that, and just that, that Boyd connection, um, you know, that clearly we have, um, you know, that we're learning of today. Like we definitely should do something here. And I, I, I'm definitely down for that. Um, people that want to keep up with you, where, like, where can they find you online? Like websites and that sort of thing. Um, we're working on autism activist, Marcus Boyd.com as we speak. Okay. So that should be up soon. Um, uh, Marcus Leonardo Boyd on Facebook. Autism activist Marcus Boyd on Instagram. Marcus Marcus the interviewer on Instagram. The Orange County Chronicles TV show is on Instagram. Um, I mean, I'm really not that hard to find. Okay. All they gotta do is type in Marcus Boyd or Autism and Marcus Boyd or whatever. They're gonna find me. Yeah. I mean, so um, people can reach out to me, call me, text me, DM me, whatever you need to do. Um, if they have questions about autism, they need some type of encouragement. They need some type of advice. My ears is always open. I, I think I think many people will appreciate that, man. And again, I appreciate you taking the time out. Um, any type of final comments or anything like that? If anybody that has autism and that you're listening, I just really want to impart in you that you're special, you're a genius, you're creative, you're a unique individual. Don't they settle for no. Create your own yes. Continue to knock down on barriers and on walls. Continue to get educated because that's are going to be your biggest weapon out here in this world. Mm-hmm. Don't rely on your diagnosis. Autism is a title. It's not you. You can be and will be better than your diagnosis. Absolutely. I believe in you. I love you. And I stand by you. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you.